0: hi and welcome to the strategic business advisor today we're going to talk with mike papania he is the founder and ceo of coaching for success inc in southwest louisiana he's a multi-entrepreneur we'll talk to him uh, right now hi uh mike welcome to the podcast glad you could make it today uh, Kerry, thank you very much for inviting me i've been looking for this uh for two weeks now so here i am with you again wow Fantastic, man. Great to see you again. I, and it, For it anybody is. who's watching, Mike and I are old friends. We've been knowing each other for, what, 30 years, 30-plus 30 years? Absolutely. Don't yeah. remind me, but that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're both getting older. Anyway, so um, you're a, what they call a serial entrepreneur. You've, you uh, have a real estate portfolio that you manage. You've had a restaurant that I love, Papini. It's in Lake Charles. You had a clothing store, uh, uh, the cover-up. Yeah, the uh, cover-up. You, you, you do a lot of uh, business coaching. You are involved with uh, education for living seminars and you have your own coaching for success now. So you've worked with a lot of, not only as an entrepreneur, but you've also worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the So you've, you've seen a, a lot of, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. And especially as a business coach, um, you know, since, since it's not you, it's them. It's easy to see when it's them. Um, you've probably seen a lot of, what works what doesn't work you know and there's probably some commonality in all that so i guess my first question would be is what's the most common issue you see with business organizations
1: um the ones where everybody's struggling with is ineffective communication top of the list yep department a doesn't know how to speak to department b b can't make it to c and they struggle with it they don't know how to make a request or anything like that that we know about it's um it changed my whole life when I started doing that in Baton Rouge, and, and especially when I had my clothing store because I had live employees. And I could go there on the weekend, learn about that, or trust or something like that. And I'd bring it back and test drive it in my house, I mean, in my business, and it worked. I had some happy people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had some happy people. And so that's why I find most of the people, I had an insurance friend in my place, and uh, He says, I just need help communicating to these people. You know, I I can see right away that he's not holding them as an equal, you know. Right. Uh, They're they're, they're people. (laughs) I said, well, those people are good things, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's what I liked. I, I actually, what happened was I kind of was overwhelmed, and I was doing a lot of stuff you were talking about. And so, in 1999, I liquidated my clothing store. I sold my restaurant. And in January of 2000, I was unemployed. And I said, What do I love, Mike? What do I love? You know, I said, Oh, I love coaching. So I took a shot at it. I mean, so in January of 2000, I had to have binders and books and things and find me an office. And, and I started off in January of 21 under coaching for success. And I'm still here and I'm right. glad. But I've
0: lots of different types of
1: customers and stuff like that over the years.
0: Yeah. You've dealt with some, like some regional, regional uh, businesses. And I don't, oh, not, yeah. I don't, I don't want to disclose any of them for you, but I know you've, you, you played with some, you've worked with some pretty big uh, players and can the, I speak about one or two or something? Sure, like of that. course. Yeah.
1: One of them that was really touching my heart. It was this home furniture here. Oh. I am in Lake Charles where there's a location and they had 13 stores from Baton Rouge to Beaumont or something like that, you know? Wow. And so when they bought into, they interviewed me and, and then, so, okay, we'll try out your program. And so I had a group of, of that. Anyway, they put 110 people through my class in one year. Wow. I mean, they just like ate it up. Then I, I fell into um, Stoller Jewelry, you right. know, big thing in Baton Rouge. And, and um, I, I got the human resource director to come to be in my class and see if he liked it or not. And then he brought the boss by. And then I, anyway, my stay there was um, for four and a half consecutive years, every Thursday morning, I drove to Lafayette and taught classes. Wow. Uh, They had 12, basically 1200 employees. And we ended up putting 970 people through the class
0: well, I, I I think that's pretty good testament that they were satisfied with the results.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm now still doing one for uh, right now, at, in Lafayette. I was there a Tuesday for home furniture again. They're getting their new people going through, and the head guy says, you know, you might as well come every other month, you know, because they're just getting results in the in that's so much fun. So it. it it makes me happy that it's, it's helping out other people and helping their company. And um, they're just great people. So I've worked and,
0: at McDonald's before and stuff and other yeah. companies. So, That's fantastic, Mike. So can you, can you tell us like in a nutshell, I, I know it's gonna be kind of hard, but in a nutshell, what does your class offer uh, to these businesses employees that, that they're, so, they're running so many of their employees through it? Okay, well, the, th- the deal
1: is, the first thing I start off with is effective communication. And you know the speech act theory, and that's what I do, the the language acts. And I start off speaking about like their paradigms. And the first thing I talk about is being a coach. What is a coach? He's an observer of somebody else. You know, We have a baseball coach, you know, so that's, and so we're not good observers ourselves. And I think the more each one of us becomes more self-aware, when, when I see something I hadn't seen before about Mike on my own, right. that's, that's a big deal. So I kind of set it up that way to roll into that. And I have a four-part program. Uh, you can do it every other week or something like that. And so paradigms, God, when I went to Stephen Covey on that in that book, The Seven Habits, right. that's, that's the first thing he does in the chapter. I just kind of borrowed it from him, you know, because uh, you know, I knew what he was talking about. I said, yeah, I got to put it up there. And then the speech act theory is finished in part one and part two. So I finished a part two today here in Lake Charles. And, exactly. and we're gonna go on with it. The third point I broke it up into was trust and emotional intelligence. I'm going, oh my God, trust. You, you've got to hear me. I, I mean, I'm serious about this. I love it so much that people see I love it. When I'm talking to them, like a Kiwanis club, a lunch right. and learn or something. They just, they just eat it up. They said, so when, you know, the three points that we take care of and all that kind of stuff, emotional intelligence, I'm just telling people, how much do you know about your moods and emotions? You can't have all those bad moods coming into your apartment. I mean, you're into your business every day. Right. Your moods and your emotions are so important. And I just kind of soften it and let them kind of walk through it with me because you know we grow up in a historical thing thing um moods and emotions or a sign of weakness and that's why we bury those things because you know like <clears throat> well i can you know we don't want to we don't want to do that so that is just that can open your eyes so much you know like right. oh my gosh our histor- historical discourse is it's a sign of weakness everyone knows that answer when i when i talk to them say fill in the blank. And so that part is moods and emotions. Um, these are the hard parts. It's not the soft people scales like you think it is because <laughs> right. they, they don't know how to approach it. And so after that, and then I have the last part, not least, but I, I talk about listening. And I also talked at that time about problem solving using the um. Uh, breakdown on an ontology is that right yeah. i said right no
0: right you know, yeah
1: yeah so with that that's why i close it you know and and like everybody has breakdowns so this is what we need to do when we're in them don't stay there
0: right
1: <laughs> you know, don't stay there Just jump out of there so broadly i think it's the part of i'm in the education business i'm teaching people i'm learning companies that after they, they can do it for, with themselves. I mean, they, you, know, like, you don't need me anymore, basically. Right. But, that, but you need the tools to get there. And I think that's what I have, you know,
0: so. Cool, okay, great. Um, yeah, you brought up something that I was gonna, there's a lot of, uh, what's the word over here? The misconception of what is effective communication. There's a lot of, well, I mean, I told you, didn't I? Right. You know, and then something goes wrong, and, you know, that's the thing. Something goes wrong. Like, well, I told you, didn't I? Well, you said something. I don't know what. Yeah, you your, said something. Anyway, so like, so can, you, can you give us a little distinction on what is effective versus or what are some of the misconceptions about what is effective communication?
1: What, what is effective is what we were putting out in front. We have to first keep our promises to people. Secondly, we have to probably have something like... Um, <clears throat> to make it more effective would be how to make an effective request. I was in 1987, I was in Baton Rouge for the first time and I was 37 years old and I realized in that moment, I had never made an effective request in my life. And I thought I was doing good.
0: All right.
1: And And so that's very important. The way we make offers to people sometimes we end up suffering from it because, you know, why did I offer them to help me, you know, when I know I have all this other work to do? They shouldn't have done that to me. You know, it, those, it's those language acts that are, language is the key that, I mean, that's just it. And the last thing is declarations. Everything starts with declarations. I declared coaching for success into existence. Right. There was no coaching for success until Mike Papania says, you know, I have the authority, coaching for
0: success. The same could be said about the United States of America. At yeah. some point it was declared into existence, right? Declaration yeah. of independence. Exactly. That's
1: exactly there's no difference. Exactly. It could be a little coaching for success in Lake Charles, or it could be for the United States of America. When you when you speak, you reveal. When you speak, you reveal. Yep. yep. And if you, you declare something into existence. And uh, we all know people like that. They were you were in elementary school or something, say the eighth, or ninth grade or something, and your best friend came up to you and he says, "When I grow up, I'm gonna be a doctor." And I go, "Okay, yeah, you're gonna be a doctor." And guess what? He's a doctor. I went to school with him. All right. That's you yeah. know. You know. So he first said, "What? I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. a doctor?" I'm I'm thinking, "You're just not that smart." Remember, <laughs> <I mean, I'm, laughs> you know. He, he wrote it so anyway yeah anyways <laughs> so, but that's, right. that's me being judgmental, judgmental right there yeah. but i think it's really the key is to it's a coordination of action when everybody gets on like if everybody in your department knows how to make the effective request you're in good shape if you don't know how to make it you're going to be
0: struggling can, can you give us a, a, a quick breakdown of what is an effective request? What, what are the elements of an effective request?
1: Yeah, the first thing we always look for is the, <clears throat> the committed speaker. The second one is a committed listener. So, like, if you have a son and you say, uh, "Go clean the room," he goes, "Okay, Dad." That wasn't too effective, <laughs> you know. And then the then we move into a time zone. Sometimes we say, "Like, I need this report." And you give it to your secretary. She doesn't know what to do with it. Does he like want yellow paper? Does he want me to have, you know, three hole punch in it? Do you know, you left out everything? Just do this report. And then the um, last part is standards. Um, Boy, you have different standards of of your son cleaning a yard, huh? Or somebody making a bed, like. Those right. four, com- now the big daddy in that, you ready? Right. That you asked it, is that there's four keys to all that, but there's an umbrella on top. You know what that umbrella is? It's your mood. In what mood do you make your request? Right. That's like, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. That's valuable. If you can
0: manage your mood and make a request, hallelujah. We um, all, yeah and and you're not talking about like being moody you know some people are going to say no no no, no and they're going to think moody and you know you got no, 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 a whole no, no. bunch this, what, what kind of moods are you talking about compare and contrast like what's an effective mood what's not an effective mood well you know that already well that's, i know but i'm asking you to say it so you can tell the audience well
1: okay pessimism and optimism how about those moods that's, that's yeah, about the easiest pretty you big can get. moods yeah. yeah, you know, the guy's up there and you say, um, I said, oh, it's a beautiful day today. And the guy goes, well, I heard it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, and it, you know, you just can't. I mean, that's how funny it is. Yeah. Just what mood do you make your request in? Right. That's the key thing right there, because, you know, like you can, uh, you know, why did he come in here? I don't like him because he comes in here in a bad mood, yelling at me, and then he goes away. How can I work with people like that? You know, yeah. like and he doesn't see that he's doing that. That's the other part.
0: Right. And so if you come in in a quote, a bad mood or an ineffective yeah. mood or negative mood and make a even if it's made an effective request, the the person you're speaking to is gonna have a very hard time listening to what you're saying because all they're going to be dealing with is your mood that's right right like all they can
1: do is hear your mood is what's really what it
0: is right yeah yeah Yeah. and what what comes out of the mood is you're wrong you're stupid (laughs) you're gonna screw this up again (laughs) i don't even know i'm bothering to ask you i mean you don't say those words but that's that's experience people have if you come in it's like this is what I want you to do, and this is why I want you to do it. And I want it done by this time. And you better have everything right. And you know that kind of a request. You know, you can say specifically what you want and by a time exactly how you want it. But if you say it in that kind of a, an accusatory tone, what people are gonna get for it is he thinks I'm stupid. He knows him. He thinks I'm gonna screw it up. Why even try? No matter what I do, I it's going wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just it's kind of funny in a way that you're you know, like that's what you're seeing right there. And that's what holds up everything. And know what to do. You hand it to your secretary and you're in a bad mood. She puts your your piece under the bottle at the bottom. Okay. <laughs> that's how they get even. <laughs> They'll get back. Yeah. They'll get back. So, so <clears throat> uh, Yeah. So I have a lot of fun in my class. I hate to say it that way, but like I, I took the, it not being serious as i used to you know right. i'm kind of more playful and i think i get a different breeze from the people in the room you know because that allows them to do that so if i'm going into like a profession a perfection person they have to do it every day you have to do it this way um what was that coach's name out there in california roger
0: roger uh well, it it's roger galvin east coast and it was uh mm-hmm. west coast roger um, i can see his face i can't oh, remember I know, I know. that was only
1: 30 years ago huh yeah, But you know what he um, told me one time, huh? one-on-one? This is what he told me one time, one-on-one. Mike, I never teach my class the same way. He says because that means you have to learn that way. He over? was saying like, that make sense? Wait, say again? Well, he's, he's telling me, <clears throat> never have your um, class the same way you did last week. He says, because um, you have to allow the, the participants to express and then coach into that, and it'll be different every week. If you're teaching nurses, the nurse, doctors, I've taught, um, from Pelly Tire Company in, in, in Lake Charles, I love them to death. I have a, if they want to go in sales, they have to come take my class. Wow. That's a that's a given. That's just a given. Boom. Yeah. So they come in as they do. And and he called me back this month. Last week, I was in his office again. He says, we need to add some more stuff to your stuff. I said, well, let's talk. Maybe we can invent something here, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's been good. And so I think that's a lot right there. I just said those language acts and uh, but nothing can top the moods. Yeah. Not,
0: yeah. Mood is, mood is what, as they say, arise before you do. It moves. That's exactly right. Yes. All you right. learned something. I remember. <laughs> no. I got a few things out of classes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but really, that's, that's what's happening. You know, I know I don't a time ahead when you can cut this part out, but I began to understand that safety is big for organizations. And what happens. It would opens up the possibility of somebody being injured, is that they're coming to work in a bad mood. Yeah, and this was true for me in Lafayette. I was with an oil company, and I was there on, a, say, Wednesday morning, and I was about ready to open the doors, and this guy was coming down the hall, and he slammed the doors open, glass doors open, kind of pushed me out of the way, jumped in his truck, started peeling out the gravel in the in the parking lot, and headed north. I'm 49 and laugh yet. Wow. I said, I said, oh my God, he's gonna kill somebody. <clears throat> that's you know, like he's in a bad mood and yeah. he's gonna not be focused on the other cars
0: and things. Yeah. And your, that's, your your mood possesses you. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's it. And I, and if so if they a guy's going through a divorce and he's taking that bad mood from the ex-wife and he goes, Oops, I just cut my finger, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. oop i just got in a fatal wreck <laughs> killing <Yeah>. somebody yeah <laughs> stuff like that
1: but but those are i think their safety can be put by moods too you know
0: yeah
1: yeah and it's something i've thought about for years and i really haven't approached it but I, every time i start thinking about this one i was just i was afraid when he was coming out the doors you know he could knocked right. me down and so forth and i said well i think he just got fired is what happened ah you know and he was in a bad mood, and he first opened on the doors, and then on Mike, and then the truck.
0: The poor truck was just. So anyway, right. this- no, but you, you know this whole thing about safety and mood affecting safety. I, I think you you definitely onto something because I have a client that has a safety company, and one of the big things with safety is awareness. You have to be aware of your surroundings and what's going on. Um, you, know, you have to be aware of the rules or all the checklists and all the uh, yeah do all stuff that to do stuff to you. if you're in the wrong mood you're not going to pay attention to any of that stuff that's so right you're going to be absorbed by the mood you're going to be absorbed by the all the conversations that have the mood the mood when the mood has you and you're going to yeah. miss a lot you miss a lot of it it's like, yeah. like you know so you know uh, you're going to go grab some live wire and shock yeah. yourself to death or miss something and start it on fire or do something or else turn, and somebody else is going to get hurt and you, or you
1: turn the wrong valve and it blows up yeah yeah you don't want that too much
0: oh, okay. yeah because they weren't mood. paying attention you need to be in a good mood dangerous situation yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so yeah, yeah. it's just yes uh, um so um, that kind of stuff is this is you know um everybody needs, needs to see it you know yeah um if you ask somebody else to make the four or five effect how do you make it with these five events they 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 wouldn't know how until they learned how to do it and it's all simple stuff i mean you know um yeah it's like you got to take that fish out for a little while and see what this brings and then we can push fish down there again because right
0: it's just part of that yeah um so the five speech acts excuse me as i remember the assertions there's declarations, and there's a special form of declaration with assessments. And then the last three speech acts are all about designing the future, which are requests, offers, and promises. Yes. If you can master those five, along with moods, and again, moods have conversations along with emotions. Those are emotions and more short-term assessments about your circumstances, mm-hmm. moods are more, I guess, comprehensive, longer-term, bigger-picture assessments of your situation. So if you can if you can get a handle on all that and again it's 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 simple but it's not easy because especially if you've been doing it a while not paying attention to all that yes it's gonna have you you're not gonna you're not gonna see what you're not it's hard for you to listen to it because it's there so much it's been there for so long it's hard for you to hear a lot of the constant overriding uh, whatever you wanna call it especially the the really sincere the, the those beliefs that you hold so dear and close as the truth. Those are the ones that are gonna produce all kinds of conversations. And again, my experience has been when somebody, when something, there's some suffering going on, there's some breakdown, if you can trace it back, you can always trace it back to language and generally trace back to some, you know, ultimate truth that somebody has about themselves, the world, whatever, how they've been treated and it's being able to reflect on those things, you know, being able to as as Hula Olala, one of our coaches used to say, "Reflection is original sin because then you can take those those absolute truths and actually learn to reflect and question if they're valid or not. And for some people, that's really hard. You know the you know uh, born again Christians, you know the the question of was Christ real would be very hard for them to examine. And again, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get religious here. But uh, without trying to get too political, you know, to, to be able to examine some of your basic beliefs, some of those really hardwired, and again, I say hardwired, but because you've been programmed from birth to now, and you've been listening to it over and over again, it's, it's so much there that it's not even, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not seen as a thought. It's not seen as a conversation. It's just seen as reality or the truth. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the, my experience has been. And that's where most, most people's suffering comes from. Yeah, and and Carrie,
1: um, I'm gonna go one step further. This to what we're talking about is what is what is your paradigm? And I, and I I have the definition for myself. It's a way of thinking, believing, and behaving. And you've been doing it for so long, you think you have the truth. Yeah. And hence, you get stuck in your paradigm. Well, we've been doing it this way for 20 years. Why change?
0: Yeah. It ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Well, and again, a lot of times where people claim, you know, oh yeah, we thought about it, we're thinking about it, we think about it a lot. A lot of times thinking requires questioning, in other words, you have to ask, to, to have real thinking, you have to be able to ask questions, you have That's to cool. not know. Because I mean, if you know everything already, what does that learn, right? No. Most people have thoughts, they're not thinking. Okay. you know they just have the same thoughts over and over again they call that thinking it's not it's just you're just playing a tape over and over again and just reinforcing what you think you already know but you're not learning anything thinking is learning yeah that makes sense yeah
1: everything is, god the educational part is everything yeah. you know it's just really um new learning yeah. big statement that's learn something new yeah what do that's we call it when we keep doing the old things over and over again
0: you think insanity. It's really yeah <laughs> Einstein called it insanity expecting different
1: results but I said sneak that one in a little bit you know because <laughs> that's what it is really when you stand back and look and you keep yelling at your son and yell at your son you yell at your son and then the dad says I wonder what's wrong with our son well it's not <laughs> yeah. the son it's the dad <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the attitude of some some business owners. The beatings will continue until the morale improves. <laughs> so, oh, we human beings, we're just so funny, I'm telling you. You have to kind yeah. of love us, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Okay, so I'll get back to one of our questions. Okay. Here's another, here's another thing that I see people have a hard time distinguishing between hearing and listening. They think it's the same thing. And I've my learning, my experience is that they're very different. I mean, they're connected, but they're different. Just being at hearing and learning. Can you give us a distinction of what's the difference? Well, um,
1: yeah, this is one of my challenges too, you know, to become, a, everybody wants to be a better listener. And it's, uh, it's a real challenge. Um, I found very few t- t- tales about this one. But uh, what I can say is <clears throat> hearing is biological. A dog can hear me, okay? Right. But if we add interpretations, we go back to listening? Uh Ah. That's that's one of my picks up, you know? Yeah, so one's biological, but listening is is about interpretations. You know, it came from, um, it was the engineers and the transmitters and receivers. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, that's the model for all that and so if i'm speaking then you're the listener right and what do we do like the machinery stuff just duplicates it huh right But we human beings do something a little different when we're going from one to the other we um are adding our interpretations
0: so Machines, machines don't have interpretations right they just, whatever hits, hits. So yeah, it's right. a, a different way I've heard that, you're, that was a great distinction, by the way, but a different way I've heard what you just said described as, listening is active. It's action because of the interpretation. Because if you search for interpretation, it's active, it's not passive. And most people see listening as passive. Well, I heard what you said, <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't right. listen to, to, you didn't get any well, of it, you know? <laughs> She, yeah, she you heard you that. heard the words, but you didn't listen. They don't have the same interpretation you do. Right. That's why which, I thought, that's which my is part. why perspective, or as you say, your paradigm is so important. And again, the older I get, the more I see that your perspective is your reality. So yeah. let me give you a good piece here. Please. Okay.
1: So where do our interpretations come from? They come from our what
0: we what think we already know, it? usually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it comes from your beliefs. Right. That's, that's where you get it from. Another place you get your um, <clears throat> pieces, your emotions, and your, and your moods. So when you, when you speak, your words are going this way. There's nothing I can do about them. They're gone. But you add your interpretations, your beliefs, your moods, and emotions, and then you speak back to me with that. So it's your interpretation that that yeah you're you go from beliefs emotions and and the moods that's where you're pulling in your interpretations those are your interpretations right and
0: so again you're listening or the the interpretation you give to it again from a business perspective you can have all kinds of chaos if you have people oh. listening from different perspectives so you know how, how do you how do you uh, I, what's where do i look for how do you work i, I with don't that?
1: know <laughs> how do you work that no, that's a puzzle i think you then you have to go back and 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 say you say you're listening to that or you receive it so to speak then you have to say um which one is more effective in there or less effective, so to speak, it'd be like your, your, your emotions, yes. what emotion you were in, so you have to kind of go back up to there, you know, I, I draw a little aim, uh, a rainbow kind of thing that put to that emotions, moods, and, and beliefs, and right. you're, it goes through all of those three from here, and I'm listening already, you see, you spoke them, and you're, and then i'm listening back here and if i don't have a good mood right now i won't listen to the thing
0: right so it's it's challenging so so to some extent do you have to if you're if you want to be effective at communication you want to be if you want to be listened to well Mm -hmm. you have to take some amount of responsibility for what who you're speaking to in other words you have to be able to listen to their listening and speaking to that rather than maybe deliver it the way you're most comfortable with yeah and i, I think what I,
1: I would say in my term that i kind of made up so to speak i need to get down on that person's level right i don't you know um, a scientist doesn't address something that an attorney does you know are you on the same level as a person that just spoke that's that's big for me, that's big for me. Um, so you may or may not use this in your uh, work here, but I, I need to say this because I, I I felt so good when I realized, you know, Jesus talked in parables. Right. He was talking to fishermen and taxmen and so you know, and he had to get down to
0: their level, to have that that listening piece that we need so he was a set of different ways jesus is speaking into their listening into the listening of the people he was talking to by using uh what do you want to call it some form of communication that they could relate to with the parables right Right. rather than just coming out saying no this is the way it is (laughs) right right
1: okay that makes sense and it's also in another way that we've we covered and it's um we don't have the same distinctions that other people
0: have right you know
1: like a distinction is like a, i say look at the floor and you look at the floor i say look at the ceiling and you look at the ceiling that's that's the we have distinctions in our community i'm sitting in a chair another one you know and um that, that needs to be addressed
0: yeah well his, his, he's definitely looking at it okay um you wouldn't talk to one of your children the way you would talk to one of your parents. Okay. You wouldn't yes, talk I... to your boss the same way you talk to a subordinate or say a coworker. Right. You wouldn't talk to your spouse the way you would talk to a total stranger. You know, all those are different. And again, the relationships are different and there's some background of obviousness that each may have and all this, that stuff. And they're different. You have different concerns for whom you're speaking to when you, depending on who you're talking to, and again, my learning was that you have some responsibility about speaking into listening that you perceive the other person. No, you have to speak into what's going on in their head. You can't, you can't talk to a teenager as though they were like a 50-year-old. They're not going to hear you. Right. They're just not. Um, they, don't have, they don't have the same distinctions.
1: Well, they don't have the same distinctions. An
0: and they're listening to a totally different conversation and say somebody who's married, fifty-something years old, has grown kids, successful business, very different, very different internal monologue compared to say a teenager who's worried about looking good, being cool, having a you know boyfriend, girlfriend, latest music, whatever, video games, whatever they listen to these days. I'm so in touch with that. No, no, I'm about no that. <laughs> Hey, lordy, Those Okay. <clears throat> So again, if, if you, if you could talk to whatever business owner is looking in here, what would you say is the most effective action they could take for their business? I don't know, not necessarily this instant, but out of our conversation, out of what they've heard you say, what's the, what's the most effective action they could take out of all that for their business? Trust. So Trust.
1: Trust. Trust. This Trust. is the biggest, it's the, yeah, it's the monster.
0: Trust. trust what though? You're saying they should trust their employees blindly? H- have, a, have a company that trust.
1: Ah, how do you how do you get to that? You get the three components of trust, which be like to have them, I can give them to you, and and build that way because it is a masterpiece. We our relationships are based on trust. Right. You know, I don't care which way it is. You know, I promise to take my son fishing. And I didn't do it and he's upset with me. Well, he has a right to. I didn't keep a promise. Right. So, keeping promise is a big part for trust. That's one of them. So, the ones we really have are sincerity is one of the components. Right. Um, that
0: might be the biggest one too. Well, it's the it, one that most people rely on pretty much exclusively. I feel like I can trust you.
1: Yeah, I feel like I can trust you. But, well, once they smell the, 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 the insincerity it's over in sales done right we don't trust people that are insincere
0: yeah so that's that's the hard to trust liars it is (laughs) (laughs) especially if you like you can like they're lying they're lying (laughs) they're lying lying. like in your head you're going they're lying Obviously, that's right that's right this is bullshit and you
1: you can tell that and once you smell that insincerity you'll say i think we'll just walk over, see another dealership, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. go. (laughs) Okay. So sincerity is a big component of trust. What, what are the, you said there were three?
1: Yeah. Uh, Competency being competent. Ah. Is he, is the person working on my car competent? Can they do what they say they can do? Yeah that's the, that's again competency i don't how think do, how do
0: you, so how do you assess competency
1: well you can uh ask about that how long have you worked how long have you this what's your you know you know comments about that you, it's just but like um the, the way i sometimes say it in my co- uh, office from our business is that it's like my teenage son comes in and says um Hey, Dad, can I take your car tonight and, and I'll go uh, out with the boys and we're going to have a fun time? And uh, is that okay? I said, Well, I can't trust you. I said, I said well, well, Dad, you don't love me either. I said, I didn't say that. I said, I didn't trust you. He said, Why'd you say that? I said, Well, because you got your driver's license last week and your mom uh, had an automatic that she stole on an automatic drive in my truck is as a standard you know and you are going to kill yourself
0: right
1: you're not competent to drive to to drive my truck
0: right
1: so you have to really measure that competency but you can spell that out you know you wouldn't do it to but sometimes we get even those things like i use the word love you don't love me anymore i asked for the idea oh you don't trust me you don't love me either. well that's the same thing we're not going there <laughs>
0: so some other ways <laughs> other ways you can you can uh determine competencies maybe somebody's certifications qualifications educational background absolutely
1: absolutely
0: Um, you know it's one of the best ways i've found to find out like who's really good at something if you want to find like a good restaurant or good doctor is ask other people if you if you're really good other people will talk kindly of you
1: so
0: it's another to me anyway it's another indicator of they're really competent they're really good you know, mm-hmm. somebody's like, oh man, at this restaurant over there, you know, Papineas restaurant, you want Italian, that's the place to go to
1: in Lake Charles. Right. You know? So coming back to that on competency, um, well, I have a thought that I really wanted to say that, that, let me go to the next one, part three <laughs> might sound better. Okay, sure. so I'm doing three to say this one. Uh, the last one is reliability which is our history of making and keeping promises. Not right. like I, you broke one promise. What is your whole history about coming in the teenager, t- teenager, well, like data came in right on, right on time. I said, yeah, that was one time. How about the second time, the third time or the fourth time? You know, so right. it's the reliability is the history of making and keeping promises. And that's pretty good. With those three, you're going to be in good luck. You can read that sincerity, competence, and reliability. Right. Okay. And and with that, um, I'm keeping. There's one more thing I want to add to that competency thing. Well, I'm going to take a blank on on that one right there. So,
0: those three. If you think about it, feel free to bring it up. They can edit it
1: again. Yeah. Because the competency is just. Yeah. Can you do it? I mean, that's, that's really... really yeah. right. Can you do what you say? Can you do what you say? Yeah, basically. So you got three things to, to look at right there. And, um, oh, I know what it is. What? You can interview somebody and they can be sincere and they can be reliable in that. But you, the owner, might need to be the competency, like send him back to school, like nurses do that they send them back to nursing school so their competency then they're prompt then now we can trust them to be in the surgery room am i are you hearing me with that one yeah it's it's and I, and i love that because it makes so much sense that you the owner of the business needs to if you want your business to grow you better make them more competent you better send them back to school or something like that i know nurses who do that all the time you know that's one of the things that you have to do. They have to go back and get those units. What are they called? Um, and um, or or they won't be certified again.
0: Oh, uh, continue okay, ed units, yeah, yeah. The, so yeah, yeah. That's that's so like maintaining and actually improving your competency.
1: Yeah, and so and so he may come without on the guy and impl- impl- uh, going into your business, being hired by you, and he may not be trained enough and then he, he breaks some machinery or something, and you yell at him, maybe, maybe you needed to send him to that school to learn how to handle that machine right? before he uses it. So he, he, the, the, the person may not be able to bring the competency there, but you can certainly promote him into, into that.
0: Yeah, train him up.
1: Train him up. Yeah. Train him up, yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's it, so. Okay, let's see other questions so building it building an organization that what how do you want to say that do you want to build an organization that has trust as part of its core principles or how how would you say that mike well maybe
1: at first i would go get me a coach well yeah okay i mean like 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 where am I going with this one? Like you know, but that again, that's what we're saying. A coach, a coach, will like, hey, uh, I go, Carrie. I know you've been a CPA for twenty years, and you uh, know, I've just got my degree and to be a CPA. Uh, can you schedule me some work hours for you or something like that? You know, you you need to kind of get in there, and 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 walk with them on that.
0: So. So you're saying a business owner should get a coach to help them build an organization that has respect as a core value or a core competency. Oh, respect is very important. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 it's well, like oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what I meant to say was trust. 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 You you, you brought trust. Sure. You said the biggest thing you would tell a business owner to do would be to build an organization that 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 trust. That's trust. So. Are you saying yes. they should get a coach to help them do that? If necessary, yes. I, I would think in most cases, yes.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yes. My experience of entrepreneurs is they're wonderful at being idea people and seeing yeah. opportunity, whether people see risks, they're willing to take chances, they're willing they're, they, they take action, and they're impatient. They tend to be a little bit intolerant, they don't understand why the rest of the world doesn't see what they see. Um, they don't get it. They don't get why people don't want to that people aren't as committed to them or as passionate as them. But and, and what they don't get is people don't see what they don't people don't see what the entrepreneur says. Right. And for that reason, the skill set that makes you a wonderful entrepreneur make you a horrible manager. Will probably make you a horrible coach. They don't listen very well. So again, nothing against entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurs are wonderful. And and the reason there's so few of them you know, that there, so few people actually start businesses because so few people have that entrepreneurial uh, conversation, mindset, whatever you want to call it, that they're not willing to go out. Most people aren't willing to take the risk that the average entrepreneur takes. Um, so with that, that, the average entrepreneur doesn't have the patience to be a coach. A coach has to be very patient. And the entrepreneur typically um, sees the world for they miss a lot of things because, you know, your perspective will have you see things that will also blind you to certain things. And the thing I've seen entrepreneurs do is they tend to dismiss everybody who doesn't or most people who don't share their perspective, especially people who are risk averse. And that's dangerous because, you know, if somebody's risk averse and they may tell you about a danger and you don't ask nothing, you know, why are you bothering me with that? And I've seen that so many times. And it's a lot of times they're correct. Now, I mean, I saw one guy one entrepreneur he had a business he had flood insurance right he had like a million dollars of flood insurance that was actually required by the bank and he saw it as like a waste of money and that's just not going to happen when it when it doesn't flood here we've seen all kind of rains of flood of 1983 here in baton rouge this place didn't even get close to wet well he cancels the flood insurance against the banks against his government two months before the flood of august of 2016 his business took on four feet of water. <laughs> no flood insurance policy. So again, it's, it's because he was unwilling to listen to other perspectives. You know, the, and the other thing, I guess to kind of goes back to leadership. What I've seen, and I don't know if you're a fan of Simon Sinek. Oh, a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah I heard Jeff, yeah, Jeff he, knows more
0: about him. He, uh, he does the thing where he said where leaders generally speak last. Because if a leader says, this is the problem, this is what I think we need to do, whatever, what do you think? Well, you just shut up most of the room. Most of the room is not gonna go and say, well, I think something different. You know, if they've already said, this is the way I think we ought to solve it. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, say, well, what do y'all think? How do y'all think we should solve it? Let everybody else give the input, take it all in. Because they might have some brilliant ideas, you know? So, Um. Yeah, I don't see entrepreneurs being that great of, and, and I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule. And for the typical entrepreneur out there, no, don't don't try and coach your people. You're going to do a bad job. You're going to what they're going to come away from is you're wrong, you're stupid, you're slow, you're ineffective, right. you don't get it like I get it. You know that's what they're going to. Yeah. You're not going to say those words, but that's what they're going to listen. That's what they're going to hear. That's that's a good.
1: Yeah, that's great too. You know so.
0: Yeah. yeah, so this we have to go back and say,
1: what is there I can now learn that will help me be a better business tomorrow? Right. You know, that's that's what we're looking for. There's something here and it might be different for each each one, but um, I kind of say for my own life, I want to learn something today to be more effective and peaceful tomorrow. And so that's how I kind of taught myself into things, you know. Yeah, and I think I think it's been very helpful. Like, what can I learn today that'll help me be effective and be peaceful at the same time? Right. And 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 I it's taken me a long way, you know, because I'm so I just say it out loud and speak it and do it, and I'm looking for effectiveness to make me have the peace I want in my life.
0: Right. You yeah. know.
1: So there's a whole bunch of stuff out there, you know. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people out there, so.
0: So, so, so. One of the, so what you're talking about to me, one of the big things that will make entrepreneurs more effective is being open to not knowing, you know, because some, that would be a good way
1: to say it. Yeah. Yeah. A I lot think. of
0: these guys, a lot of guys and gals, uh, then for them to be able to take the risk of them to be willing to actually jump off a cliff and start flapping their arms and row wings, they have to be very confident, right? It takes a lot of confidence. So a lot of times it, you know, they know that they know, and you can't tell them anything different, which leaves them blind to potential risks they don't see, which can, they can crash and burn on. Right. And again, most of them know how to, the successful ones have learned how to navigate around roadblocks, breakdowns, whatever, you know, pretty much whatever you throw in front of them, they'll get around it. But every now and then, you're going to jump off the cliff. that's going to be some fatal trap, and you're not going to survive it. The business is not going to survive it. But yeah. yeah, being open to what I don't see here and what's possible, being able to take in different perspectives to me would make uh, entrepreneurs more effective. And for most entrepreneurs, that's painful because they have to be patient. They they can't move as fast as they want. Um, you know, they, they can't just like snap decisions and, snap and start it, taking man. action, start telling everybody what to do, um, making it happen. And again, what happens is a lot of times because they don't see certain dangers they don't see certain risks those things pop up screw up their plans they got to navigate and they they stay frustrated a lot why this going faster because you didn't plan well you know you didn't you didn't take in all the perspectives and lay out an effective strategy but that's a whole nother conversation that could be yeah yeah anyway well man listen i i'm i'm glad you're you're doing well you're still doing your classes um enjoying life so I'm going uh, to go to the last bit before I ask you to talk about how you help people and how they can get in touch with you. There's this thing I call uh, under, uh, underrated, overrated. So I'm going to have five, five, uh, five, I guess, ideas here. And I finish with the last question. So I'm going to say something. You tell me you think it's overrated or underrated. And you can tell me why if you'd like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Italian food. Is it underrated or overrated? No, it was (laughs) underrated. Italian food is underrated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a lot of misconceptions about living in Louisiana, especially South Louisiana. So I'm going to ask you, South Louisiana lifestyle, is that underrated or overrated? I think still underrated. There's a lot of things here. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I think my experience, very much underrated. Um, Mardi Gras, is that underrated or overrated? Um, I'm not a real
1: believer of it, but this <laughs> every every year at my building where on Rhine Street, I, I open it up for for um, Mardi Gras. Uh, there's so much wait it's getting so places. You have to have policemen on the on the grounds. You watch, watch the kids. You know, be careful um so
0: i'm kind of holding back on that i just okay okay uh and finally technology modern technology zoom meetings (laughs) zoom well zoom meetings i'm impressed but i'm I'm not
1: doing the time and practice to stay up with it yeah it just seems overwhelming some days you know and so forth so yeah but that's why in
0: general technology would you say it's overrated or underrated i think it
1: i don't really think it's overrated i just it's hard for me to answer the question because i usually don't pay attention to all that but
0: okay uh that's fine i think uh,
1: overrated because it's, it's the person personalities are not i can't see your eyes and your face and your the way you sit in your chairs and stuff like that and it's um it's kind of sad not being in the room. Um, you, you might be there with the one owner and the other people are in 16 houses in Baton Rouge zooming in on us and you can't see them face to face. Yeah. I, I kind of, I don't know if we're in the right direction on that.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it, there's, there's something lost in translation. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. exactly. Okay. And and the last question I have was you rather be smart or lucky. Kind of pick neither or <laughs> well, yeah. You can you can say neither or you have a third choice. And you I have to be say it again for me again. Yeah, would you rather be smart or lucky? I'd I'd rather be Mike. Yeah, I'd rather be Mike. That's a Mike answer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's great. So, listen, Mike. Thank you for uh, for being on on the podcast today. How can, okay. how can you how do you help people, and how do they get in touch with you? Well,
1: referrals have been a big deal for me. I mean, people here in Lake Charles they hear about me and i can go do their place. And I'm kind of was kind of hoping like I had a a dear friend of mine is um, and he has a franchise here for we buy ugly houses. And every employee she, he gets, he brings them to my place. So he's been to my class about seven years and he comes in with his people and um, they're learning together and they look at each other and, um, and they kind of make fun of each other. So we kind of make it playful. Um, so I'll say referral is kind of like my best thing right there. Right. Um, but how do you help people? How do I help people? Yeah. My class, has, has has changed people's lives. Um, example right before the virus, uh, he's still a young man. He he was been managing at Sitco in a department and he um, he had 20, 25 years as a manager over this people. So they said, Sitgo was sending me people. I didn't call them. They sent me people. They always told me the truth. They said, we sent, we're we sending you the hard ones. We can't, we don't know what to do with them. You know, I said, Thanks. I said, they, they were picking and choosing, sending them. I said, oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, but what happened in one of them, you know, this uh, a year ago, this guy, young man, he comes in and we have a U shaped tables. And he just sat back like this. For the whole class the next week when we got into part two he kind of leaned forward in part three i couldn't shut his mouth <laughs> you know and, and he actually told me he says i've been using your tools at work i said well thanks chris i think it was chris and he says uh, all of it's working i said come on tell me some more he said well we had this monthly meeting that usually takes an hour and a half that no one wants to go to anybody." He said i did everything that you talked about in this class and we finished it in 30 minutes wow so he said and then his assistant he then sent him the next month to me so he got the two people both of them kind of coming together so those kind of things those are are game changers for me you know they hear that uh, i had a lady one time she was moving back from Georgia. I have to cut this real quick. We're fast, but she was moving back. She was from Lake Charles, but she was moving back, and her best friend was telling her to come to my class. She wasn't even employed yet. I said you need to come to Mike's class, and she all right. So so she shut up and we came to my class, and it was about the same thing. After the second one, the, sec- the third one, I did the four ba- moods of uh, of um, life, four moods of life, basic moods of life and what the story was ended up was this the next week i had to ask her why were you smiling in in my room last week thursday on the third group he goes well the truth is this my um husband committed suicide two months ago i i was living with my two daughters couldn't take care of them and so i moved back to lake charles and she said when when she saw how to go, I get out of resentment is through forgiveness. She said, that's what changed my life. Wow. So I get some pretty personal things because I kind of mix it up the same way. But, but those, those kind of things, um, I call them my cookies. I get to go home and I've got a cookie, you know. But, but those are coming from a, a housewife being in my class to a manager of 25 years at Citgo Um, Calcasieu parish police jury they love me Um, just wherever I can go I just do it home furniture you know yeah so
0: Uh, so basically you hold classes on effective language and effective communications for people uh that they can actually use in business huh yeah
1: yeah it's like a two for free I'm telling you it's like like it it works at home and it works at work trust at home or trust at work the right. same phoma- phenomena, right. and they they end up probably using them more at home, <laughs> and yeah. then they're, they're thanking me for that, you know because right. they, they would not have seen that. she would not have seen the word forgiveness on the board, you know it just wouldn't have happened so um i've, I've I do one on one some people don't like to come to groups and they schedule with me and I can do one on one on with the so same one on one coaching yeah. Just like that, just if they want to go sit sit with me and go through all these pages I've just done, that's that's what I can do. That uh, I I think I like also flexible because um, I was told that Mondays and Fridays no nurses can leave the hospital, you know, to come to class, and I and one I can do a night class from eight to eight from five o'clock to eight thirty in the evenings for people who don't really do that. Um, I know there's some bunch of people here only Lake Charles want wanted me to start teaching their teenagers again. You know, I did that for 18 years in Baton Rouge. Right. The
0: teen course, um, yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably more, uh, what's the word? Probably more um, necessary. I don't know what you want to call it. No.
1: Well, you know, was, uh, those kids came so close to my heart. They were just so dynamic. Yeah. And they had their stories and they had their faults and everything else, Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I have a bunch of stories about that. They said things to me they wouldn't tell their parents. Okay, so. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, so, so that's pretty cool. But, uh, so I have those, I've, you know, I've, I've taught kids, I've taught executive people, whichever that might be, you know, and, um, but I'm just doing the people that want to come to me, you know, like it's, um, um I don't get upset if someone can't make it at the last minute and stuff like that. I used to get argue about them but i said you know what i don't know their life right they something happened in their house or something and they just can't attend this time you know so i, I try i trying to be a big offer like that like hey come come join the party you know because um uh, i know i'm having fun so yeah. it's pretty good 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 so right. how, how do people get in touch with you well um <clears throat> you can get online yeah, uh, I'm a, also a member for the last three years on the BBB. Uh, the people wish. here? Uh, Better Business Bureau. Oh, the BBB. Okay. The okay. There, and I, I work with them and um, other business people like that. And if you want to call me, I'm, I'm I have a phone number in the book, and I could give you my phone number if you want that at any if, point. If you
0: want to give it out, we can we can put it up there at the end of the show. Okay, it's like
1: real simple. 337 302 1816 um I do
0: have a web okay 337
1: 302 302 1816
0: 1816
1: okay yeah and that's that's my direct cell phone I'm, I'm usually in my office all the time and um, you can go on the computer and look me up, Mike Papania, Lake Charles, Louisiana, coaching for success.
0: I have the numbers there and everything. Yeah, I, ha- I have your email. I'll make sure that that's up on the end screen. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. M Papania, coaching for success,
1: I think. It's just I think they're just, I just say coaching for success.
0: Yeah. So that's and, it. But it's M Papania at coaching for success. Oh,
1: suddenly mail.com. That's a long number. Yeah. Huh? It's, um, M. at suddenlinkmail.com. That's it. That's I've it. I've never changed it. And yeah. you do have a website? Yes, I do. Um, I have a couple of people that I they did some, um, they talk good about me, especially Jay J- Jack Jackson from Stoller Jewelry. Ah. He, put, he, he sent a, a thing to me. I can't remember exactly who they were.
0: Some of them was can like, that. You, Can you send me your uh, website by email?
1: yeah I'll, I'll i'll get that for you That'd be yeah great. i'll
0: make sure it gets included in the end yeah so, so. all right well listen I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up i just want to say thanks for being on the podcast today mike we really enjoyed our conversation okay uh, great talking to you thank uh, you and have fun with <laughs> have fun yeah i'm, not having fun. I'm <laughs> telling you have fun <laughs> yeah well listen we'll have to do good. it again uh sometime okay uh, catch yeah. up with you and see how things are going super good Thank right. you. Thank you very much for this little opportunity to sit with you. It's
1: been a pleasure.